Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Outgrow's Market of the Month. I'm your host, Dr. Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at Outgrow.co. And for this month, we're going to interview Eddie Schleiner, who is the founder at VeryGoodCopy.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, Eddie. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, so Eddie, we're going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. Uh, you get three passes. In case you don't want to answer the question, you can just say pass. But try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only, okay? Okay. All right, so the first one is, at what age do you want to retire? Never. How long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? Couple minutes, probably. Most embarrassing moment of your life? I don't know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> okay, so that's a pass then. Okay. Favorite color? Uh, blue. What time of day are you most inspired? Late night, I think. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Maybe six hours. I need my sleep, yeah. Fill in the blank. An upcoming marketing trend is blank. Hmm. That's hard. Upcoming marketing trend. I think uh, I, I could only... Just one sentence, huh? Or one word? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Uh, social media optimization. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened. Paris. <laughs> Pick one, Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. The biggest mistake of your career. Mm. Probably not starting copywriting sooner. How do you relax? Hang out with my kid. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Maybe three. A habit of yours that you hate. Biting my nails. The most valuable skill you've learned in life. Direct marketing. And the last one is your favorite Netflix show. Mm, Mad Men, when it was on Netflix. Hmm. I love it. Right. <laughs> All right, so you only had one pass, so that's like nine on ten, which is amazing. So Do now you can... Uh, say that again. People usually pass more. They do here and there. Sometimes they're not watching Netflix, so uh, <laughs> they can't answer a Netflix show. So then we go on to like Amazon Prime show or some other show. So yeah. <laughs> no, that that uh that one about the most embarrassing moment. That's that's tough. It is because like... you also don't want to like say the most embarrassing moment because it's a podcast. <laughs> Why would you tell everyone? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And also I've had so many. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, people have said that actually as an answer. They said I've had so many. Actually, yeah. one person actually just answered saying, uh, this is my most embarrassing moment <laughs> right now here. So <laughs> Okay. All right, so let's go on to the long form questions. The first one is, uh, what are some of the challenges you faced when starting very good copy? And how did you overcome them to grow your subscriber base to 50K plus? Is that it? what, uh, what it is right now? Yeah, something like that. Well, I mean, listen, a, a huge challenge is just kind of like getting into the flow of yeah. creating, of just like sitting down and, and writing every single day and, and being, um, uh, uh, yeah, just... just cultivating that habit you know what i mean um 
that was never that that didn't come naturally i think that over time evolved and became easier um and now it's almost kind of like an unbreakable uh habit almost like a draconian thing that i have to do uh but in the beginning um especially when i started kind of like pursuing it in earnest um that was that was difficult for me because you know just like anything else there's that resistance there you know that resistance to sitting down and doing it um uh you know when 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 that muscle wasn't formed yet so um yeah i think i think that was the first part of your question at least right mm -hmm. yeah so what is the habit like when do you wake up in the mornings and write for a while uh, i don't know whether you've read that book atomic habits uh mm -hmm. James <laughs> Bear, book, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I wake up um, now a lot sooner since I've, I've uh, me and my wife had a kid. So he's 19 months old now. So for the last 19 months, I've been waking up uh, probably around six o'clock. Uh, whereas I, I wasn't really waking up that early before. I was I was kind of um, kind of a night owl. I was doing a lot of work at night um, and I would kind of sleep in. But yeah, I've been waking up probably around six, six thirty. Uh, taking care of him, doing our morning routine together, and then you know I'd sit down and and um, and write for a few hours. I'd try to do it uninterrupted. So, um, yeah, that's that's the morning routine so far. Hmm. And are mornings the most productive for writing? You reckon? I guess right now, now they are. Yeah, mm -hmm. because like I think when you set a time for yourself to write, and you say, okay, I'm going to focus on this for the next two hours. Um, you put your phone away, um, you, you create a block for yourself on your calendar, and you just give yourself that focus time, um, you kind of hit a stride. Um, and then like, the more you focus, the more focused you become, if that makes sense, and, and the more productive you become in turn. Uh, so yeah, I guess, I guess mornings have become the most productive for me um, on a consistent basis. But every now and then, you know, I'll be on the couch, and I'll kind of get bored of whatever I'm watching, or I'll, it'll give me an idea. And, you know, I'll pull out my phone and I'll start writing. And then who knows, sometimes I write a few articles while I'm just sitting on the couch, uh, just kind of happenstance, you know, it comes out. And then I use the next day to kind of edit it, uh, edit, the, edit those pieces and, and, and clean them up and make them right. So um, in a strange way, like nighttime is still the most creative time for me. And when I say creative, I mean, like, I'm just better at making connections, you know, putting disparate things together in a flush way. Uh, but then the morning time is really good for, you know, that dedicated work where I could sit down and just, um, you know, focus, focus on uh, the task at hand, which is, isn't always the case at night. And so what are some of the highlights of getting to that 50K level of subscribers? Some of the highlights? I guess talking to you, that's the highlight. It's, it's, it's cool to be on here. I, You guys have a marketer of the month, so there's only 12 of these a year. Is that what you're saying? No, it's they're actually cool. more, but uh, <laughs> I said it's <laughs> called market. It started off as a monthly thing, but they're more. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Um, no, listen, I, I think this, is a, this has been a really strange thing that's happened in my life. I never really expected folks to... Um, to read my work or or to subscribe to anything that I put out there, so I think just just the idea that my work is reaching people and um, people are benefiting from it, that it's helpful to them, uh, I think intrinsically that's really um, 
cool to me. It's just very, it's just very valuable to me intrinsically. It's just, just knowing that um, I'm making that kind of a, that kind of a, uh, an impact or an effect. Hmm. And speaking of impact, then do you think the role of copywriters in the industry will evolve as AI technology becomes more sophisticated and more widely available? Well, I think evolve is a, is a broad, broad kind of way to put it, but yeah, certainly I think AI is a fantastic tool for copywriters, for any creative person, um, because AI helps you get started. It helps you put the pieces together. You know, I think of AI from a copywriting standpoint, I think of AI as kind of like, um, you know, uh, at an agency, you know, a creative director hires, uh, junior copywriters, juniors, folks that are just getting started, just embarking on their creative career. And they say, Hey, bring me 50 tags. Uh, for this campaign or bring me 50 ideas for this product. Um, and then the onus is on the creative director to extract the best ideas or to extract the best pieces of that and to focus uh, the copywriter's attention on those ideas and say, hey, we have something here. Uh, this is really interesting. Let's evolve this. Let's, let's, uh, um, yeah, let's develop this. And so in a way, that's what AI is able to, to do now. You can plug it into, uh, you know, you could plug your prompt into AI and say, hey, give me 50 tags for this campaign. Give me 50 ideas for this product. Um, and then the onus is still on the human. It's still on the, uh, uh, the individual to say, this is a good direction. This is a good way to go. Let's focus here uh, and develop this. Um, so I think if anything, it's just going to, um, make work faster, make starting easier, um, and give you a broader kind of, uh, um, uh, ideation process, you know, give you more to kind of work off. So. And so there's no danger of copywriters running out of jobs. Well, I think, I think that AI will replace some writing. I don't necessarily think it'll repla replace, uh, writers. You know, I think there's some writing that's, uh, trite and kind of shallow on its face. You know, if you're doing product descriptions, for example, on, on Amazon, or if you're doing, um, you know, uh, uh, anything, anything that doesn't involve a lot of um, connective kind of pieces, then yeah, maybe those, you know, those jobs, so to speak, or, or that type of work will become kind of phased out. Um, but I don't think that there's, um, I don't think that there's there's a chance that it'll completely uh, uh, replace a, a, a human copywriter. Um, you still need you still need that that individual there to, uh, like I said before, focus your attention on um, the best direction, the best idea. Um, so, yeah, it'll replace writing. It won't replace writers. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, like in your own journey, can you talk about the benefits of teaching as you learn and how it helps you improve as a copywriter? Oh, of course, dude. Look, Very Good Copy started as a way for me to learn copywriting, a way for me to develop my own, um, uh, develop in this discipline. You know, when I started Very Good Copy, it was, I was reading a lot of uh, copywriting books. I was listening to a lot of copywriting podcasts. I was studying the greats and whenever I would come into a technique or a principle or um, 
a concept that I found really compelling, I would say, hey, if I could put this into words, if I could write about this in a clear and concise and engaging way, hopefully, um, then I'm ready to use this technique or principle or concept in my own promotions. And so, uh, you know, that's that was the evolution. That was kind of the the uh, uh, the beginning of of a very good copy of VGC. And um, you know, so it's it so really, I'm learning along with my readers. I'm learning along with my audience. You know, as soon as I learn something new, I share it with them, and we all kind of learn together. So it's part and parcel. I see them as intricately uh, 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 linked. And um, yeah, I, I, that, I recommend that to anybody that wants to grow an audience, but at the same time also, you know, learn, learn a craft, learn a discipline, uh, because it's, it's how I learn for sure. So what are some of the more exciting things you've learned this year from your audience? Well, from my audience, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, or it could just be a story about something exciting. It doesn't have to be something you learned, you know, something exciting you ran into while, while interacting with your audience or anything. <clears throat> well, no, I'll answer your original question. I mean, it, I think, I think what's, what's been most compelling about this entire experience for me is, um, is realizing how similar we all are in a way, you know, how, how bonded and how, um, how, how linked we are by the human condition, you know, because when I write, um, my micro articles and when I publish stuff on very good copy, it, it, you know, I'm teaching copywriting principles, I'm teaching creativity principles, I'm teaching techniques around these things, but I'm always framing it in personal stories about myself, about, my family, my wife and son are huge muses for me um, about uh, experiences that I've had, stories, anecdotes that I've come into. I try to frame those lessons um, in these stories and share them. And so uh, they come out feeling very personal because in a way they are. They're about, they're about me um, kind of, you know, living my life and, and growing as a copywriter and as a person. And I found that a, a lot of people in my audience um, relate to it because they, when I write about my, when I write about my son, they don't necessarily see my kid. They see their own kid. You feel me? Like when I write about my wife, they're not necessarily seeing my wife in their mind. Um, they're seeing their own partner, their husband or their wife or, 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 the, or their spouse. And um, that's been really interesting to me, not just this year, but in general. Um, you know, my audience is very much uh, like me, and I'm sure your audience is very much like you. You know, we're all the same. We're all kind of bonded by the human condition. Uh, so that's been a really interesting part of this whole experience, um, and not something I necessarily really expected. You know. And earlier you mentioned there were a couple of copywriting greats that had inspired you and you learned from. Who are some of the people you actually look up to in this? marketing copywriting world there's so many i mean <laughs> i start when i first started it was um i was reading a blog by uh, a guy called gary halbert um who is you know the copywriter's copywriter if you google copywriting you're going to come up with uh, gary halbert's work and and uh yeah i found his stuff uh online he had a, a brilliant newsletter um it was a print newsletter that he would send out 
to folks uh, in the mail. And I think since then his son um, had digitized it. And so now it's online. So if anybody listening to this, type in Gary Halbert, you'll find his newsletter. Um, that was a, a real turning point for me because it introduced me to this concept of direct response copywriting, this, this notion that, hey, you can write something and compel people to take an immediate action, um, which was something that all of us have really experienced, but kind of a novel idea for me. Um, so I would say, yeah, if I had to kind of like pinpoint, isolate one person, it would be uh, uh, Gary Halbert. But I mean, there are so many that, that I've uh, learned from um, over the years. Joe Sugarman uh, is another classic direct response copywriter. Um, he had a book called The Adweek Copywriting Handbook, which I read uh, front to back one day, totally changed my life, totally changed the way um, I saw my career going. Uh, and I still revisit that book every year. I'll go back and I'll read it one time um, because it's so overwhelming in its completeness. It's so, um, it's just so, uh, it's just so rich in, in, uh, in wisdom about this discipline. So that's another good one. Right. So let's talk a bit about uh, repurposing now. How do you balance repurposing content from your LinkedIn micro interviews and micro articles with creating original content for your website and newsletter? Well, I think first it's uh, it, it's the other way around. It starts on my it starts on verygoodcopy.com. So I'll pu I'll publish everything on verygoodcopy.com, and then I kind of repurpose it for a you know a new audience on LinkedIn. So um, that's actually pretty simple. I just I publish it on on VGC, and then I say okay, I'm going to put this on on LinkedIn as well, and then I'm going to have you know a, a link going back to my website. You know, the CTA might say, hey, if you like this this article. I've written hundreds more, published them all for free on verygoodcopy.com. Feel free to check it out. And then people go there. If they like what they see, um, they subscribe to the newsletter, which is really what the website is designed to do. I would say probably 90 to 95% of the CTAs on verygoodcopy.com are designed to get people into the newsletter. And then I'll send out, you know, every week I'll send out a new article to that newsletter and I'll link it to a post um, with the same copy on LinkedIn. And so it becomes this kind of virtuous cycle where I publish something on very good copy, then I publish it on LinkedIn, then I take the URL from that LinkedIn post, put it into the newsletter, somebody can click the CTA, and they just keep on going round and round in a circle. Um, and it creates a growth loop. Does that, and does that make any sense? Other, and are there any other channels on which you are also sharing besides LinkedIn? I mean, you know, I have a Twitter account, I think, and um, but I, I, I think I'm I'm focusing mostly on on LinkedIn, uh, in part because it's you know it's 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 a it's a lot of work, it's a time suck, and I I just don't have time to be everywhere all at once, and um, that's the know, movie. Say, <laughs> Right. Everything everywhere all at once, hell yes. movie. But it, it's uh, yeah, I, I don't have I don't have time to do it. It's it's um. It's, I, I think there's also like a, a huge benefit in focusing on one audience, focusing on one platform, you know, um, and uh, so yeah. So I do I do post on Twitter from time to time, but I would say LinkedIn is my primary means to get people into the into the newsletter. Yeah. So what do you think of LinkedIn as becoming this prime platform for marketers in this? Let's just say 
half a decade because it was actually quite dead until like 10 years ago, I would say. But it's kind of skyrocketed and overtaken Facebook as to where people go and like do their stuff. If that's true, I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm there. I think it's great. Um, I think that as long as you're in earnest providing value and being helpful to people, um, there's nothing wrong with it, wherever, wherever it is you're doing it online. Um, if you're providing good information to people and helping them do their, their work better or helping them um, live a better, more uh, efficient or productive life, um, why not? So I think it's great that uh, there's this influx of people posting on LinkedIn, being helpful on LinkedIn, um, supporting one another on LinkedIn. That's important as well because you got to remember that it's a, it's not just you; it's a community of people. So, I think it's great. Keep coming. So let's talk a bit about your approach to client work, and how do mm -hmm. you ensure that your copy resonates with their target audiences? Well, look, there's a rule in direct marketing. It's called the forty forty twenty rule. Um, they say forty percent of any direct marketing campaign depends on. Um, uh, the market, you know, are you putting this campaign in front of the right people? The other 40% is the offer. So are you, uh, are you, uh, compelling people, uh, with the right offer? What, you know, what's in it for me, essentially, um, are you answering that question well and, and creating urgency? Um, and the remaining 20% is the creative, you know, so that's, and that's several things that's copy, that's art, that's formatting. So the most important thing that you can do is understand the market, first and foremost. Who is this campaign for? Who is this product or service for? Um, and you know what do these people desperately want? Because that's going to inform your offer. Uh, so yeah, to, to, to answer a pretty complicated question, simply I would say uh, doing as much research, as much, um, as much understand, and, and trying to understand that market as much as I can um, that's probably the most important thing that you can do as a, as a copywriter. And, and what did you, would you have any tips for, uh, you know, for organizations so that they know how they can create a culture of content creation within, you know, their employees and how, do they, how do they motivate employees to contribute their own ideas and insights? Yeah. Within a company, you mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's a little out of my purview. Um, it's not exactly in my wheelhouse, but I think that if you want to, I think first and foremost, you have to let people know that their, what they know, their talents, their skill sets are inherently valuable to people. You know, a lot of people are so close to their knowledge and so close to their skill sets that it becomes kind of, um, they feel self-conscious about sharing it because they're like, oh, well, everybody knows how to do this. You know, I've been doing this for 10, you know, if they've been doing it for 10 years or 15 years or however long, and they're so, so familiar with it, it it's hard to kind of break out of that curse of knowledge and realize that, hey, there are other, there are other people that don't know the first thing about this. And if they did, you know, they could do their work better, more efficiently, more productively. So I think first and foremost, you have to, um, encourage people uh, that way and say, hey, you know, what you know, whatever it may be, um, is valuable to somebody out there. Um, so 
don't think that there's anything that there's any tidbit, any tip, what have you, that's too small to share, you know, um, go ahead and share it. Uh, because there's, there's, there's bound to be somebody that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to find it valuable. Uh, that was always really surprising to me is like, I was so close to copywriting. I was so close to what I was doing, um, that I felt like I constantly had to be uh, dropping this kind of like groundbreaking, uh, wisdom on people where really that wasn't always necessary. You know, um, it was just necessary to kind of, uh, uh, package it up in a really digestible way. Um, even if it's something little, um, and speaking of something little, you know, you mentioned James Clear, uh, Atomic Habits. You know, I think one of the big premises of that book is that you have to start small, you know. So don't, if you want to get into the, if you want to cultivate a habit of, of uh, uh, I don't know, flossing your teeth, you know, don't floss every single tooth. Just say, hey, I'm just going to floss one tooth. Feel me? Or I'm just going to floss these two teeth today. <laughs> you know, you're probably going to floss all of them anyway. But like, the point is, if you want to cultivate a habit of, doing something, start with the smallest possible step. Um, and maybe the smallest possible step on LinkedIn is instead of posting, you comment, you know, or you just go on there and you like, um, you know, you, you, you offer a little bit of information to a very small, uh, uh, small portion of an audience, and then you grow from there. And uh, are there any companies that have, do you think their culture has managed to do this well? Or would you say that's outside your purview to? Well, I know that I, I think Gong hmm. does an excellent job. Um, I worked with a, um, um, uh, a content marketer there. He ran content marketing at Gong. His name is Devin Reed. Um, he was just fantastic at sharing what he knew about sales, about writing, about marketing. Um, and tying it back to Gong, the platform. And I think that a lot of people followed his lead at Gong. And there's a lot of people at Gong now that are that are sharing um, sharing their knowledge, their wisdom in their respective disciplines. And so I think Gong is a good example. I think there's plenty of others, but that's the one that kind of pops up top of mind. So speaking of your own company, then can you talk about any upcoming projects or initiatives that you're excited about and what your goals are for the future of verygoodcopy.com and your career in general? Oh, sure. Well, I released a course recently. Um, it's called Transformational Landing Pages. It's all about my ethos and, and my approach and my system for creating landing pages. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, I have a book coming out. Um, soon. So there's a wait list for that. Um, and really, I think, yeah, I think uh, moving forward, I, I'd like to start doing more projects like that, creating more products that, you know, you make it once and then you scale it, um, more educational products, courses, books, etc. cetera. Um, but I don't think, uh, you know, I'll ever really stop um, doing client work. I think I've pared it down a little bit and uh, tried to focus on other things. But client work is a really important part of of, uh, of, of my process, at least, because I think it keeps, keeps you sharp. It keeps you, um, um, yeah, it just keeps you sharp. You know, when you have new problems to solve on a, on a consistent basis, um, it just helps you use that, that muscle instead of letting it atrophy. So, um, yeah, I think that's the future for VGC is, is more products, more books, more courses. Um, but also, uh, when the right project comes around, I'd love to take that on too. So the last question for you is of a personal kind. What would you be doing in your life if not this right now? 
man, it, not very good copy. That's very, that's so hard because it's been such a, it's been such a big part of it. Um, that's interesting that you say not very good copy because that could also be a website, notverygoodcopy.com with the worst yeah, examples. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who would visit it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always, I was a, a, a an English major in college, so I studied literature and narrative. So, you know, writing um, has always been a part of my life and I've always wanted it to be a part of my life. And I kind of, I kind of shudder at the thought of, of not being able to do it. So, um, but I would imagine I, I would probably do um, something um, ancillary or parallel to it, you know, maybe something in sales or something, um, something where I'm still interacting or, or engaging with markets. Um, you know, big groups of people that have the same common um, need or desire. Uh, I just, yeah, I just shudder at the thought of of, of not having a, a, a you know, um, a career in writing because I love it so much. All right. Well, that was the last question. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this month's episode of Outgrows Market of the Month. That was Eddie Schleiner, who is the founder of VeryGoodCopy.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, Eddie. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. Check out their website for more details and we'll see you once again next month with another Marketer of the Month.